0: Good morning. That same Jesus that was brought to us in a manger, who grew up lovely and kind, gave His life, was raised from the dead, and He's coming back. He's coming back as King of this world. Every knee will bow. Every tongue confess that this Jesus... Is king. (laughs) He's king. Well, we've been on this series called Coming Soon. We've been in Advent. This is week three of Advent. You ever have someone mistake you for someone else? Maybe you've had your identity stolen. That's not what I'm talking about. They swear that you are the spitting image of someone they know. Isn't that great? Isn't it wonderful when you know you uh, come to church or go to school or go to work and someone's got the exact same outfit you got on? I had no idea what a doppelganger was until my daughter Katie and I started watching a television series called The Flash. We would watch this, Uh, Catherine and I, we really got into it. Every night she had homework and I had things to do and we'd look at each other and say, got time for a flash? We can watch it in a flash, right? (laughs) And every night we would watch one and later in the series, maybe in year two, I don't remember when it was, um, Barry, who was the flash, ran so fast and got so fast that he like, split the dimensions and created this portal into a whole nother dimension. And what he found was is in these dimensions and their unlimited dimensions are worlds just like his world. And what they found was in this world, they were shocked that there were other people who looked exactly like the people like Earth one. He would go to Earth two and they'd be the exact same people. Now, they had different things and they did different things and their character was different, but they looked alike. And they referred to these people as your doppelganger. That's the first time I'd heard the word doppelganger. Doppelganger is a German word and it literally means double walker. It is a biologically unrelated person who is your exact look alike, a double of you, if you will. You think that's possible? Jared, I found your doppelganger. It's amazing. I'm shocked when I saw this. I thought, that's Jared's doppelganger. Andy, what are you laughing at? I found yours too. Dave, man, I found yours too. So i searched high and low for my doppelganger. I found him. What are you laughing at? Looks just like me. From the neck up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding, guys. No, seriously, about the doppelganger, but not about me. And that's my doppelganger. Do you think this is a thing? There are real stories. You can go to the next slide. They just love looking at me, but yeah. There are real stories out there, true stories, of people who met their exact lookalikes. There's one such man named Neil Richardson who met not only his look-alike, but someone who shared his habits, his hobbies, his lifestyle, his mannerisms. In a small town northeast of London, Richardson met John Jemerson. Richardson moved to this town after he retired and was frequently mistaken for John. Apparently, they had a lot in common. Not only did they look exactly alike, but they had a love for British constitutional history. Not very many of those. A profession as a religious education teacher. And even a son who played the diggeradoo. Don't ask. Although they are quite certain they are not related, it is a mystery how much their lives parallel each other beyond just looking alike. So here we are. Week three of Advent. Right smack in the middle of Advent, and Pastor Tony's lost his mind. He's talking about doppelgangers. Where are the angels? Where's Mary and Joseph? Where's Bethlehem, the star? Sweet baby Jesus laying in a manger, right? We're in the middle of Advent, and we haven't even got close yet to the heart of the Christmas story. We're back to John the Baptist. Last week, we talked about John. This week, we're going to talk about John again. Last week in the Gospel of Mark, John was John the Baptizer. He was the one who came like a voice in the wilderness calling us out to repent, to ask for forgiveness of our sins, to make straight the way of the Lord. He was the Baptizer. And this week... Honey, you missed it. I showed the picture of my doppelganger. They didn't, they didn't believe me. They didn't believe me, yeah. At least I'm Superman to you, honey. He was John the Baptizer. This week, we're in the Gospel of John. And John is not seen as John the Baptizer, although he baptized. John wants us to see John the Baptist as John the The witness he's not just calling people to repentance and preparation for Jesus but this week John is Jesus's look-alike John is Jesus's doppelganger if you will as a matter of fact this week as John the witness we see that John was confused by many many people were confused by John and who he was He paralleled Jesus, the the Messiah, so closely that they were confused. John was such a good witness that people just didn't see and didn't understand who he really was. In many ways, John the Baptist was Jesus' doppelganger, as I said. John's actions, his behaviors, his message was so compelling. The people believed he was the one. The people believed, this is the guy. This is the one we're waiting for. This is the one we're hoping for. John, we're going to run after you. John, we want to be your disciples. John, we're coming out to you. And John simply baptized them and called them to repentance and gave witness, testimony, that he was not the one. The people believed. The people ran after The religious leaders came and demanded that John be more clear. You're confusing people, and we don't want confusion over this, and we need to control this, and we need to know. Are you the one, John? I'm in John chapter 1. I'm just going to read 6, 7, and 8 to start, and then we'll jump down to 19. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. John. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. So John, the gospel writer, uses this image of a courtroom This idea of witness and testifying is something you might see in front of a judge and with attorneys and two sides arguing about the truth of a matter. John wants us to see that that John the Baptist is this witness. He is someone who saw what happened. He saw the truth. He understood the truth. He was sent by God to declare this truth. A witness is someone who sees what happened and testifies to everyone in the courtroom and to the judge and to everyone that wants to know what they saw. (coughs) Witnesses are there to help people believe, to get the story straight, so that we might know the truth. And so both sides will bring in their witnesses John was sent by God to witness the light. John described the coming of Jesus. John, the gospel writer, described the coming of Jesus as a great light that has come into darkness. John was a witness to the light. Let's skip down to verse 19. Now this was John's testimony. When the Jew, excuse me, when the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem sent priests and levites to ask him who he was, he did not fail to confess. Confess. Before conf- be, but confessed freely, I am not the Messiah. I am not the guy. John gets his testimony he gets to what he's witnessing he's on the stand and he is the key witness and the people are watching and they think he's the one but then he says i'm not the guy confess is used twice in this sentence he did not fail to confess but confessed freely john was careful not to take credit for himself He was doing remarkable things. It says in Mark last week that all of Judea and all of Jerusalem, a hyperbole we know, but a lot of people were going out into the wilderness to follow this John the Baptist guy. And John confesses freely. He owns up to who he is and who he's not. I'm not the Messiah. And I'm not going to take credit for what God is doing in your midst. Next verse. They asked him, then who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. I love this little back and forth. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. Finally, they said, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say? about yourself. All of these people that they go through, Elijah, the prophet, they were the signs of the coming of the Messiah. If John confessed, I'm not the Messiah, well then who are you? Elijah? They believed Elijah was going to come back again. Before the Messiah, are you the prophet, the one that's going to come before the Messiah? All of these were signs. They obviously were confused. The people were starting to rumor that John was the guy. The leaders were concerned that people were following him and they weren't sure he was the guy. He confesses I'm not the guy, but they still demanded an answer. Who are you? Verse 23. John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, You want to know who I am? I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord. John now testifies who he really is. He is the one sent by God to prepare us... To prepare the way for the big guy. To prepare the way for the one. The King of kings. The Lord of lords. He is coming and I am sent by God to testify to His light that's already in the world. God is coming. And you need to make straight the paths for Him. You need to make straight the way in your life for Him. Repent. Turn toward God and be saved. Verse 24. Now the Pharisees who had been sent questioned him. Why then do you baptize if you are not the Messiah? So it's not enough that people are following him and the crowds are running to him and he appears to be Jesus' doppelganger, double walker. But now they're upset by what he's doing. Why are you baptizing if you are not the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? And I love this. He says, really? I'm just baptizing with water. And later in the passage down in verses 30, 33, somewhere around there, uh, John actually says, I baptize with water, but he, the one who comes after me, the one you think I am, but I'm not, he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. John replied, But among you stands one you do not know. (laughs) He's already here. You're looking to me and asking me what you need to be doing is making straight the ways because if you would make straight the ways and repent, you would see that the light is coming. He says, He is the one who comes. After me, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. This all happened at Bethany on the other side of the Jordan where John was baptizing. So the leaders were confused. The people were confused. The people were ready to make him king, Messiah, John. Why are you acting like the guy? Why are you behaving like the guy? You look like the guy. We're looking for, but are you him? And Then John testifies again, I baptize with water. But just with water, he's going to baptize with something greater than water. The Holy Spirit. He says, I might act like him, I might talk like him, I might behave like him, but understand this. He is greater than me. He is is greater than me. You know, slaves were the only ones that could bend down and untie the sandals of someone. John referred to himself as lower than a slave. When it comes to this guy, when it comes to Jesus, when it comes to the light that's coming to the world, I might be doing things that people look at and they're thinking, oh wow, look at what I'm doing. I'm doing this and I'm doing that. But the one who's coming after me is so great that I'm not even worthy to untie his sandals. (laughs) The one coming after me, who's already here, he's greater. So John never loses sight of who he really was and who Jesus really was. He might, in some ways, be Jesus' doppelganger. People confused him for the Messiah, But he's not the Messiah. Just like I'm not Superman. I know that shocks you, Jared, but. Let me ask you this morning. What would you do with all that fame and power? You saying power, I don't have that kind of power and influence over people. I mean, he's John the Baptist. All of Judea and all of Jerusalem were running after him. People don't care what I think. People don't care what I have to say. And that's probably true of all of us, but we don't have great influence. We don't have great power. Some do in our world. We don't have massive followings where people just chase us around and want to hear us speak, want to hear what we have to say. But we all have the exact same choice that John had that day there on the Jordan River. Every day we have this, these moments when we can choose my way or his way. And it's tempting to just give in to our desires. It's tempting to just give in to our wants, to our needs. It's tempting to just give in and to manipulate life so that I get it my way. And John had every opportunity to seize power. He could have just said, yeah, I'm the guy. I'm important. I mean, look, look what I got. Look at all these people, all of Judea and all Jerusalem's coming after me. I think I can do this. It would have been easy for John to lose his way. To make in a moment's decision his way over God's way. We all have this choice every day of our life. We push forward our agenda, our desire, our rights, our wants, and life slowly becomes about me. And it begins to just be about me. And I live my life with what I want and no concern what God wants. All for personal gain, for personal satisfaction, for whatever it is, for comfort, for achieving something that we think we deserve. And we've gotten pretty good at it. I know I have. We all have the hurts and the regrets of the broken relationships because we were selfish. We look to our own needs instead of the other. We wanted what we want instead of what God wants to lay down our life for those that we love. We live with the regrets of those broken relationships because we simply wanted it our way. We all live with regrets and shame for things we've done, all because we want it our way. If only we had, if only we would make straight the way of the Lord. If only in our lives, if each and every one of us would simply Repent and make straight the way of the Lord. And realize that there is one greater than me. One that I could follow. One that could be king of my life. Lord of my life. Who would baptize me in the Holy Spirit. Who brings up a whole nother topic. One that I could follow and who would truly love me for me. Instead of making straight the way of the Lord, we spend our days and years filling in the potholes and trying to straighten the roads we have chosen in life. Constantly pulling out the wreckage of vehicles and cars that are on the life, that's our lives and decisions we've made. Instead of making straight the way of the Lord, we're filling potholes And trying to make straight the roads that we choose. And all we ever get is wreckage in a ditch. John showed incredible humility. He could have had it all. But instead, he gave it all. He gave it all up. He even gave up his own head. History tells us, and the Bible tells us, that Herod had him decapitated for his belief and his stance. John gave it all up so that he would simply be a witness and testify to the One who has come, who's greater than all of us, who simply wants to Be King and Lord of our lives. As disciples, we all testify to the coming of Jesus. As a matter of fact, when Jesus baptized with the Holy Spirit, He told His disciples, go into Jerusalem and wait, and I will will send the One who will baptize you so that you might be my witnesses in the world. As disciples, we testify to the coming of Jesus. How this morning might we act as Jesus' doppelganger as well? Am I choosing my way or His way? Is He Lord and King of my life, or am I calling the shots? John gave us the example, the testimony, the witness. John was freely and clearly confessed, I am not the one. And let me tell you this morning, those of you that have a hard time releasing control of your life, you are not the one. You're not. He is. And we need to submit to him this morning I'm going to ask our worship team to come. I know you're like, wow, that was only like 20 minutes. Don't you have more for me? No. That's it. Are you Jesus's doppelganger today? And people look at your life. Can they see him or do they see you? Do they see a reflection of the one that is King and Lord of your life? Or are they simply seeing you making all the shots, picking up all the pieces, pulling all the wreckage out? Make straight the way of the Lord. Get off of your highway and get onto His. Amen. Let's stand this morning as we sing this wonderful song. O come, O come, Emmanuel. And this morning... If you've not made that decision in your life, if you've not made him king and Lord of your life, do that this morning. You simply, as we sing, you say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I can't do this. Life has been about me. I've I've wrecked relationships. I've wrecked my life. I need you to take over this morning. And he'll do that for you. And you begin to give, give him your life. You begin to follow him. You begin to plug in and and you begin to grow in your faith and you realize he really knows what he's doing he knows what he's doing he understands it all when we don't our father this morning as we sing this song may we simply surrender and kneel down to the one who has come as light in darkness to save the world, to save my life. Amen.